Hello and welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. Today we're joined by Alice Woodwork, who is Managing Director of Restaurant Associates. Part of the Compass Group, Restaurant Associates looks after workplace catering in businesses across the world and also runs fine dining restaurants, including City Social and Bryn Williams at Somerset House in London. Welcome, Alice. I mean, I think the first thing to ask really is, could you just tell me a little bit about Restaurant Associates and, and the and the RA Group uh, as it's known? Because uh, it's, it's quite it's quite a, a broad church of things, isn't it? It's a broad church of things. Um, it, roughly speaking, it's a broad church of three things. So we provide uh, catering services to people in the workplace. And most of that is white collar and uh, a fair amount of it's in London and also nationally. Um, we also support um, catering operations in leisure venues. So that's RA venues and that's everywhere from oh, Glyndebourne to Whipsnade Zoo, that kind of uh, leisure attraction. So we provide catering in those environments. And then the third thing that we do is we provide guest services. So reception, concierge. Um, warm, friendly people who make your visitor experience lovely. Um, and they tend to work in, in workplaces, um, again, across uh, across London and the UK. So those are the three parts of what we do. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming that because of a lockdown, the, the, the operations have stopped across all three areas? Yeah, we are mostly stopped at, at this point in time. Not totally. Uh, we do still have work that we're supporting with where we have people in buildings who need to be there. Um, and we are supporting uh, key workers and important work that's being done. Um, but yeah, mo- at, the, at this point in time, uh, we have a lot of people on furlough and uh, we have a lot of teams that are paused. Sure. And worrying times for everybody, the hospitality industry is is right in the eye of the storm. What, mm. what, what, are, the, what are your thoughts? You know, what are the biggest concerns for for the company? Um, maybe not now, but but post lockdown. Yes, I mean, my biggest concern um, right the way through this, and it will be the case coming out post lockdown as well, is um, is our people, um, our consumers as well, actually coming back into their workplaces, but also our team um, and the way that this, they're surviving this quite extraordinary um, period of time. Um, we have thousands of people at this point in time who, who aren't in their normal place of work. And for lots of us who are in the hospitality industry, um, you know, it's known for being an industry where so many of us have friends and family in the workplace. Um, it's a really social industry. And to strip all of that away and to have people lose those bonds and lose that contact and, and lose that working rhythm um, and that sense of a good day's job work done that you, you get when you get to the end of a day um, in our industry, to have all of that stripped back is a really big thing. Um, and I am concerned that, you know, coming out the other side, we've got to support people going through that period, but we've also got to support them when they're coming back in, coming back into their roles and into their jobs. I, I do, you know, that is going to happen. I do believe we're going to be back. And I do believe that the hospitality industry will find ways of, you know, making itself strong and successful again. And, and, and we and our teams will be part of that. But I think it's a huge ask for so many people to go through this. Um, it's kind of, you know, a big a big one-off experiment. And so my big concern is how we as a society, and particularly the folks who are with, within my organisation, cope with all of that. Mm. I mean, how are you communicating with them? Yeah, we're doing loads. Um, and actually, um, I know that one of the things that you were interested in was, um, you know, what we're kind of learning and taking from this mm. situation, the importance of communication and, um, you know, and and 
everything that goes with that is really key. So we are communicating, I guess, formally. We're doing regular calls with people. We're making sure that we're available. We're sort of doing broadcast chats where we're keeping people up to date. Um, we are also doing much more casual things. So last Friday, we were um, on an online pub quiz, which was kind of cool. So a few of us helped set questions. And then at home, we and our families uh, dialed in. And you could see people up on the screen, which was really nice. Um, one of our HR managers at Google was our pub quiz master, which was lovely. Um, we've been doing webcasts which are partly for our consumers, but also for our teams and really anyone who's to do with our family. Um, so we've had people learning how to cook pizza at home. Um, I've got colleagues in education and um, one of my good friends who's a, a chef in the education sector um, was online last week and my kids were watching him uh, teach them how to cook rainbow rice. So there's been lots of social stuff going on as well. Um, and we've started doing digital coffee chats to try and replicate that connectivity that we're missing at the moment so what I'm learning is you can't over communicate and the more different ways you think of staying in touch with people the healthier we can all stay sure indeed and there's a lot of talk about social distancing measures and, and, and things that will possibly be in place once lockdown is eased how how is that going to impact on, on the business obviously there's, there's different elements to it um, you have you know, restaurant association has fine dining restaurants. Um, mm. Obviously, you talk about you know the the, the things you do with, with employees in, in the workplace. It's gonna must it must be affecting the company in in in, in different ways. Yeah, um, yes, it is, and uh, and I think we're we're starting to think already very intently about how we come back from this and how we either come back with those experiences or replicate those experiences in a way that's going to work with social distancing or you know the the remains of social distancing as i imagine it will very slowly fade over time um one thing we're doing that is really helpful is we're talking to a lot of our, our colleagues in in asia about how they've managed this um they're about eight weeks ahead of us in the sort of you know coronavirus cycle and they've been hugely helpful to us i guess both in terms of giving encouragement um our colleagues in china are finding that you know about um, 80% of their workplaces are kind of coming back up and running now and that's really encouraging to hear that they're finding ways of doing that and they've still got a really positive outlook kind of you know eight weeks ahead of us but also just the practical tips and advice that they're giving um, really clear floor markings you know ones that aren't I guess kind of aggressive or alarming but just make it very calmly clear where people should be and where people should stand we're obviously learning all of us from um, looking at the retail trade and how they're managing it right that now you know most of us are kind of running the gauntlet of, um, of the, the supermarket and finding that for example clear screens are actually sometimes more welcoming uh, than for example um, you know someone standing opposite you potentially in a mask so that's something that we're looking at is how we can use screens to keep eye contact and keep friendliness but also keep people safe and secure so so yeah we're, we're, we're learning a lot that talking to our colleagues overseas is a really good way of getting practical tips on how we're going to manage this mm, I think that's, that's that's really interesting actually that uh, that you've got you getting getting advice from people who are, who are going through it at the moment because there are lots of worries about what measures might be needed to be taken yeah and and how and how customers m may react to that i mean i think in in certain parts of the world 
um, people are more are more willing and more receptive to, to to social distancing measures and some of these things. What how receptive do you think Londoners and people in the UK are are going to be to some of these measures? Well, we've got experience of this already, actually. As I mean, um, RA Group is part of some. Compass Group, and, and we have lots of colleagues uh, working in the healthcare sector where we're supporting, um, you know, both patients and visitors, but also hospital staff who are being asked to socially distance where on their, when they're on their coffee breaks and things. And what we're finding is, um, again, communication and clarity and, and calmness is really key. So thinking about, um, for example, um, what are you going to do with the queue? You know, it's all very well putting your markers on the floor, but your markers on the floor probably need to go back quite a long way. Um, you know, if they're going to support a, a queue where you're keeping two meter increments. And there are ways of doing that. But if we set that up from the get go and we think about that before the customer gets there, then it, it makes it easier for them to do the right thing. Um, and another thing that we found from our, our friends over in China is that it's really helpful to have members of staff involved in helping people understand, you know, where they should go, what the behaviors are. Um, so, for example, in Shanghai, we've used um, tent cards on tables um, just to explain to people how, you know, how the new behaviors are going to work um, so that people feel able to look after their own safety. Um, that's been a huge lesson that we've heard from uh, friends in Asia has been customers really like being given the tools to look after their safety. So not being put in a position where they feel like, you know, their distancing is being compromised, but help them, for example, to open a door without touching the handle, help them to go through a queue without worrying where to stand, um, you know, help them to choose a box salad or a sandwich um, without having to move things out of the way in order to pick up the one that they're going for. So that's something that we've also learned is that customers are responding really well when they're given the tools to uh, safeguard their own health and well-being. That's really interesting. I think and I think that's a good hospitality businesses should be good at that. Cause that's just an extension of what of what a good hospitality uh, company does already in, in the sense it make it, it eases people. Uh, it, it makes them feel comfortable in, in, in their environment. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think our industry is famous, you know, above all else. For thinking of our you know our customers needs before they get there themselves and this is just i mean it's a completely different version of doing that same thing isn't it yes i mean alice what support uh what, what extra support do you think the hospitality sector needs from the government to ensure that it can or, or, as, or as many businesses as possible can, can come out of this pandemic the other side I think the two most important things at this point in time is that we have as much clarity as possible on what the guidelines are and what the plans are and as much notice as possible when things change coming out the other side. So, of course, there are implications, really serious implications for many, many you know, people and companies in our industry. But I think the best way that we're going to get through this and, and manage you know, what's happening to all of us is to be able to plan and to have a really clear understanding of how assistance schemes or regulations are going to work and have a responsive government, which I think is you know, what, we have, what we have, who are willing to listen to the questions, think about it and, and come back with answers. So for me, it's all about clarity and giving us notice of when things are going to change. Sure. And finally, how do you think this is going to 
to change the sector going forward. What what long term impacts will this pandemic have? Do you think on how restaurant on how restaurants operate, how customers regard restaurants, how people use them in the future? What do you think? The future holds as a result of it. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think that's the exciting bit. You know, if there is a silver lining, then it is the opportunity to to think again about what our customers want and need. Um, I think uh, care for each other and sustainability are going to remain really important. I think we've gone through a period of time where um, we have been surviving with less, and I think that's going to stay with us. And we have been thinking about each other a bit more. Um, so I think that's going to be increasingly important. I do think that, you know, the, the environmental agenda is going to come back. Um, I, I, we, we, did a, um, we did a webcast yesterday um, where I asked some people from the tech industry this question and, and something and a discussion topic that came out that I, I really agreed with was that it's going to be about quality more than it is about variety. So we, we're learning now to live with a bit less choice. And, and guess what? It's kind of fine day to day. But what we do want is reliability of things being available. And we want good quality. If we're going to live with a bit less or a bit less choice, then let's make it really great. So I think that return to, to quality and trust, trust being obviously already such a huge part of our industry. But I think our consumers are going to want real evidence of being able to trust us in terms of health and safety and also in terms of our care for each other. So I think trust is going to be a huge thing. That was the latest United We Stand podcast. Tune in tomorrow where we'll be speaking to another person from the hospitality sector about their life during lockdown. Mm-hmm.